0: Hello and welcome to the Centrist Ads podcast. My name is Adam Radford. Joining me from Sandbach in England is Kieran Seymour. Hello. And not joining us today is Alex Najam because he's moving flat, I think. Moving flat. Right?
1: Uh, no, he's, he's moving to a house. Proper grown-up stuff.
0: Yeah, it is, it is bonkers, isn't it? Sometimes when you stop and you look at your life and you're like, S-order. when did I become an adult? <laughs> you know, and you're, you're a homeowner with a kid and one on the way so i don't i don't know if you still if you still get this being more, having more proper adult points than me
1: just don't have time to ever think about it to be honest <laughs> <laughs> just just too tired i can't too remember tired. can't remember not being an adult now <laughs> being
0: a well a lot's happened in the last fortnight and we'll we'll get cracking um in a second but if you have got A couple of things you want to say about social media before we launch into things
1: yeah just that we've been busy on twitter growing our our fan base they might not all be fans but in in our eyes they are Uh, so yeah we've been uh well mainly you Adam really drumming up the interest and getting involved in the debates and saying it how it is as a centrist dad even though you're not a dad and maybe not a centrist as well. No, no. <laughs> you can get involved as well and see what we're up to by following at centrist dad. Uh centrist dads, not centrist dad. Maybe um, it should
0: be that. Maybe, maybe it maybe. should yeah, it's maybe one of us.
1: Give the illusion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you can also do follow that us on Facebook as well, um, by doing that. Yeah, get in touch. Let us know what you'd like us to talk about because we come up with it. Every uh, every podcast, but we're open to to suggestions to what what you might like us to talk about or what you think of us. Let us know, please. At centrist dads, come at me. If you don't like what I say, tell me. As long as it's yeah. not nasty.
0: You heard that right. If there's something unpleasant that myself, Alex, or Kieran say, go at Kieran. That's what I took from that, mate. Um, yeah. But yeah, if you're if you're one of those new listeners, welcome. We have had more people listening in from France, more people listening in from the states. Um, we've had somebody out in Seattle, Ooh. more people in England listening to us, unsurprisingly, people in Wales, a couple of people in Scotland. Yeah, we're getting getting more and more. So uh, welcome, everybody. There's only really one thing that we can start with today because we're recording this on the 3rd of March. So Kieran, what have we got to kick us off? It's
1: budget day. Woo! Yeah. And so this was a full proper budget, wasn't it? Mm. yeah which which he's been putting off for a very very long time um we
0: say you say you say full budget it was an
1: announcement
0: that Mm. was like a proper budget announcement but there were huge gaps oh yeah things that he just didn't mention the nhs it's almost like we're not in the middle of you know a one in 300 year health crisis yeah didn't mention the nhs
1: no yeah no which which I find I I wonder I well I have my suspicions that that's actually part of the Sunak brand to be honest and that's actually yeah he's doing that because he wants the top job one day that's me being cynical perhaps back in the day the budget was locked away in that briefcase and there were no leaks there was nothing about what was going to be in it and by the time you get to the budget nowadays under this government it's uh, the the briefcase might as well be empty because it's all been leaked and yeah, that that would have been a sackable offence for a Chancellor, but no longer is that the way. Whether that's good or bad, I don't know. It does make it a bit pants when it, it's a bit anticlimactic when you just kind of know what's going to come. <laughs>
0: Do you mean like yeah. you want you want him to pull sort of policies from the red box, like rabbits from a hat and say, I've got inside a national insurance rise. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that it was also a, a, a strange tradition that when chancellors are uh, announcing the budget that they can have a drink.
1: Yes, that is a thing, isn't it?
0: Yeah, Ken Clark had some whiskey when he did it. Uh, of course he did. I d- yeah, I had no idea before it before a tweet today
1: sunak's t teetotal, isn't he so he doesn't See? have I'm, I'm pretty sure he is yeah that's um, that's
0: probably quite wise if you're going into politics to sort of perhaps, avoid yeah. any yeah can you imagine but he
1: is also a coke addict as well <laughs> we found oh out. yeah <laughs> this week yeah if, if you haven't seen this definitely worth checking out um he basically, in a school, was talking to two teenage boys. I think it was yesterday this happened. And mm. uh, and basically says that he's a coke addict, addicted to coke. I'm a total coke addict before suddenly realizing what he's just said. And then Coca-Cola, a uh, Coca-Cola addict before going on a, a minute long digging exercise, I suppose you could say, of, of trying to get himself out of a very nasty hole. Uh, sorry it, I. I it was classic
0: no, no no it's classic partridge isn't it like <laughs> yeah. I, I think i think uh was it you that linked it to, to me under a uh like an accidental partridge Twitter yeah, accident- account or something accident- like, accident- like that partridge yeah he's got a very good brand he's got a very slick we'll go on to the budget obviously properly in in a second But i just want to say about how sort of professional his social media his videos how how good it all is and i wish it wasn't but he's got He's got some very good people behind him in terms of to really cultivate this image of the down to earth. He's a bit geeky, but you could also have, you know, a chat with him down the pub. He's teetotal. He could have an orange juice, you know, like he yeah. he's, he seems very likable. For somebody, you know, somebody with who I would disagree with about pretty much everything. I th- so I'm not saying that I would vote for him because he seems likable, but he mm. does see he does come across very well in front of the cameras. And with this sort of, uh, with this thing about being a coke addict and how he sort of laughed it off, it was in an endearing way. It wasn't awkward at all. Mm. Do you get that as well? That there's something that's quite quite friendly about him.
1: There's something quite Blair esque to me he really reminds me of Blair in his uh, charisma and and how he deals with things I'm amazed he gets away with the stuff he does by uh, number 10 like Hmm. I don't understand why Johnson lets him do all this slick PR stuff because he's clearly after his job Whenever that day comes, maybe Johnson feels he needs him because he's not so popular himself. I don't know. It, it just really mm. surprises me that, that I I've, I can't think of a, a chancellor who's been able to have such um, control over his, uh, his PR the way that, mm-hmm. that Sunak is. So it's, it's interesting.
0: I think there is an extremely good chance of him running to get the leadership of the Tory party, and I think he'll win if he does go for it. You know, he's very well liked. He hasn't got any of this baggage of being a complete order behind closed doors. There's a BBC short about Rishi Sunak, which is bordering on PR for Rishi Sunak because it's saying about what a down-to-earth guy is. And yes, okay, he's a Thatcherite, but he's... And he's had an extremely... I think they say he's had an extremely privileged upbringing or whatever but that he's like down to earth man of the people kind of thing but this journalist saying how she would ring up to try and get the dirt on him about how much of a monster he is to work with and everyone was just saying how nice he is Mm. uh, how easy to get on with he is so he hasn't made any enemies well you could make enemies with the other people who want the top job if you're getting the top job because you can't like this town isn't big enough for the both of us kind of thing um, and I wonder if Johnson is sort of—they might have even had a discussion about it, for all we know—and said, "Right, okay, you're going to take on after me, Rishi, but I want to do this, this, this. I'll support you, but don't stab me in the back. Wait until—I don't know—I want to be PM until this date or win another election, whatever it is, for all we know. Because you're right, he's not doing anything about it for the face of sort of the pandemic of 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 a, of a government that's had power for over a decade." enforcing austerity he's a remarkably popular public figure to bring this budget perhaps we should go in some of the details of the budget a little bit more
1: yeah um, yeah. in terms of what came up that was a nice kind of talk about the man behind the budget so i mean yeah it's interesting since you you mentioned before we started recording adam about the times and how they're running with it and i had a look at some of the other right-wing leaning newspapers as well and it's not the the positive stuff you you would expect. Actually, the the times obviously is 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 going with highest tax increases for fifty five years. Uh, the Telegraph: five years of tax pain announced. Um, so yeah, interesting. That that I guess that's the headline. Really, it, it's the start of the recovery. And the recovery means higher taxes. So there's a massive stealth tax in there. That was one of my big head headlines for me. Income tax thresholds have been frozen for uh, 2026, till 2026. So they're stuck at 12 and a half thousand now before we pay any income tax. Whereas the previous 10 years, I believe they, they'd gone up or it was mm. definitely 10 years when it was coalition because it, it was actually the Lib Dems that, that, that made that happen. Do you remember for, them? Yeah. The Liberal Democrats. For all their sins, that was definitely one thing they really um, should be remembered for. But that's been frozen now. You know, that's an extra, last year it was about 20 quid, 25 quid extra a month, Uh, you know, times that by 12, 240, 250 quid. Times up by five years. It's one thousand two hundred and fifty pounds. The average person's going to be missing out on. Um, so that's a stealth tax, big one there. Corporation tax is the other big one going to rise by twenty five percent, but only for larger firms. I've not looked into too much detail about that one. COVID's done so many weird things to politics, and mm. you know the conservatives, conservatives like spending records amount of money on in in services and pumping money into the public finances and then you had labor kind of coming out and i've not seen their reaction um but you know they they beforehand they were kind of coming out saying no you can't raise corporation tax yet you need to wait and let businesses recover which you know if you'd have said this a year ago any of this stuff you'd be like "Eh, (laughs) what's what's happened it's a total flip reverse Mm. furlough obviously has been um extended to september it shows how concerned they are about jobs and it's going to be very very expensive then uh there's there's an effort to save the high street as well i think there's a, was a five billion pound fund um mm. to save the high street so i guess they're the big takeaways uh there's this these town deals as well that are in it that are all about leveling up and helping the towns recover and i think it's 40 out of 45 towns are seats constituencies seats held by conservatives a lot of them being of the red yeah a lot of them being with the red wall tory seats that, that they won. yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you're kind of including the chancellor's own constituency and they're they're saying that they've used this metric and this formula to work it out uh, uh, from one of the departments that's where it's come from and but you know Do we know the metrics of that formula, how it's worked? I don't think that's been released. So very interesting. That's my headlines from it. Mm. Adam, thoughts, additional things you've spotted? Well, uh,
0: going going off the towns and there being a, a... An interesting overlap between political control and the receiving of funds it's it's hard isn't it because with the red wall seats which are working class areas they'd be hammered for leaving them behind and then we're also saying we're criticizing them for helping them out when they have a Tory MP do you know what I mean Mm. Like, I, I, and I'm saying this as somebody who also felt the same because, like, the, one of the one of the free ports is going to be in T side, which is Tory held for the first time in forever. I think sort of since 2015 or 2017 or something, they've held it, but it was Labour for, for donkeys years before that. And like Plymouth as well, where J- Johnny Merce is the MP. There's an overlap there, but it's it's how much of that is potentially going to MPs whose whose seats the Tories want to hold on to. For me, the the massive glaring thing was held. You know mm. the 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 only four policies that really stood out was boosting the vaccination rollout, which was a fifty million pound boost to to the vaccine testing capability, um, and a one point six billion injection into into the vaccine rollout itself. That money was already there. Some pocket change for domestic violence programs you know, domestic violence has has skyrocketed during the, the lockdown. And there's no new funding for social services. There's no new funding for or no substantial funding for domestic violence programs. You know, 19 million is, is nothing. It's absolutely nothing, especially when you're a government which has introduced universal credit, which puts all of the power of household finances in the hands of one person. And if that's an abusive partner, The other partner is in some serious trouble because they're completely financially dependent on their abuser. 10 million extra for for veterans to mental health needs. Always good to see money going into mental health support. But 10 million and only for armed forces veterans. Armed forces veterans get, don't get me wrong, like it's appalling that one in four homeless people are are vets. It's absolutely disgraceful. Mm. My criticism of it is that it doesn't go far enough That that policy, either for the vets or or for the rest of us. And some money for the thalidomite scandal which again is long overdue but there's nothing about pay for the NHS there's nothing about you know making free hospital parking for for NHS staff nothing about a bonus for getting through this or or compensation for the families of health workers who have died or or the announcing of you know new research centres to to really look into um, variants of the disease and, and try and develop vaccines nothing about that. There's been nothing really about education. You know, kids have lost pretty much a, a year of schooling in, in a lot of instances where they don't have the technology at home. I know there's been a real push by schools which are cash-strapped as it is to try and get laptops out to their kids. Teachers have done their best and schools have done their best despite Gavin Williamson's continued bungling his of his why? ministry <laughs> yeah, of his life yeah he's he's just he's just crap I, I don't know why he isn't being sacked we've got here a whole generation of kids that have been let down by this education minister strong tradition for conservative education ministers there was nothing really in there about leveling up funding for education you know, we hear levelling up, levelling up, levelling up. And I, and I know that you have to invest in things to create jobs, but there's also this longer term thinking purely economically here that you want to have a well-educated workforce, mm. a well-qualified
1: workforce, especially if you're going to compete. That's a really good point. Just, sorry to interject. No, no, no. Go for it, mate. Really good point on investing in jobs, though, because actually, was there much about investing in jobs? All I can really see is that they're extending furlough you know till september you know there's no schemes or anything as such
0: that's that's fair i guess i was being too kind to see look it's the rishi sunak um <laughs> uh, PR machine <laughs> but there, there was it's 15 billion pound in green bonds which is going to help finance the transition to it to a zero carbon economy 15 billion is it's not nothing but it's not it's not, not, not much more than not, it's clearly not enough you're absolutely right
1: if you want a green revolution or not a revolution a, a green economy that's oh yeah it, they, there's in the ocean and a drop in the ocean
0: there's clear case for having a new industrial revolution that could put british industry at the heart of this doing what they did in denmark in terms of investing in, in wind power denmark's now world leader well it has been for some time because the government stepped in and, and helped them out with tax cuts and planning approval for these old shipping sites and so on and there's there's another public infrastructure fund that's been set up it's going to be a, a national infrastructure bank that's going to be set set up in Leeds and it's good that they're moving things out and establishing things away from london i'm happy with that but it's sort of tinkering at the edges really I'm a big fan of the idea of a uk infrastructure bank this was something which has been spoken about for donkey's years by labor and even however much however much we don't like him len mccluskey was talking about this mm. one of the points which keir starmer made and he's made he has an absolute blistering 15 minutes against the, the chancellor one of the interesting things that he points out is that well there was a green investment bank before and it was sold off uh, osborne set it up and and they privatized it
1: shock horror
0: shock horror the idea of a a stamp duty holiday in england and northern ireland to be extended until the end of june yeah yeah yeah
1: that's a good thing i guess well
0: i i disagree because what happened last time was that it pushed up house prices and it created a bubble
1: yeah i guess it's a bit of a false economy isn't it
0: yeah, and it, and if people are paying a higher amount of their income towards a mortgagery payments, that's less in their pocket to spend in the shops, down the pub, doing whatever, mm. getting the economy kickstarted. Which
1: is what we're going to need, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it's it's really difficult, and it's it's really easy to sit here and and grumble. And I know that everything would be put down as like Captain Hindsight if if Keir Starmer did it <laughs> by often by people who want to do nothing else but get the Tories out, but not but not if it's going to be Keir Starmer doing it. Yeah, it was a very thin budget. It's quite strange to come from a Thatcherite chancellor to increase corporation tax. They completely outmaneuvered Labour by the way doing that. Mm. Completely yeah. outmaneuvered Labour to make Starmer's Labour look more corporation friendly than the Conservatives. It's it's
1: interesting isn't it and Oh, free ports as well. Um, that's something that we didn't talk about, but I think that's probably for a reason that I forgot about those, because to me, that's just a, I don't know, that's a Brexit thing. That's something that was promised, wasn't it? And is it going to make that much difference? You know, hopefully it does bring more jobs. I'd love to see that. Whether it does or not, I don't really know. This is the party that, remember, announced 22
0: new hospitals and then got work started on two of them. Like they, they can make all of these announcements, and it can sound great, and oh, it's just around the corner! It's just around the corner. The election comes round. Why should we vote for you again? Oh, the free ports are just around the corner. Hmm. You know, I, I don't know. I, I believe it when I see work has started because I can't, I can't trust anything that yeah. these guys have got to say. Really, based on their, based and on I, their track record.
1: When you take out the COVID stuff, which I know, oh, this sounds ridiculous. So I take out the COVID stuff, and there's not much there, but. <laughs> but it's true and and covid's not going to go on forever you know this hopefully i mean it's going to be around forever but mm-hmm. hopefully with the vaccines this is the end of the uh, restrictions on our on our lives um, in the way they have been yeah like you know i it's just interesting i hadn't thought of it when you when you think about things like education the nhs and all those other huge institutions and departments There's, there isn't much for them mm-hmm. and I know that COVID's dominated things and yeah, I I don't know. I I feel like, I also feel like there's a bit of kicking the can down the road as well, because you can't endlessly go on giving money out the way they are and spending money um, because it's just unsustainable for a start and b the next budget we're not going to hopefully need all this because the economy will start again and should be on for incredible growth because of the bounce back i don't know and i, I still feel like there's more tax rises are going to have to come uh, the amount that's been spent corporation tax alone and freezing income threshold income tax thresholds is not going to be enough there's no. difficult decisions to be made and Sunak's going to have to make them and well your three choices are public services cuts tax everyone through things like fuel duty or tax the rich
0: yeah and, and maybe i mean that's, that's, a one bit, thing- that's a bit
1: like black and well, white you know but well,
0: it, well yeah. i mean it, it, at the end of the day you're right you know it comes down to to increasing your tax revenue or decreasing your your spending it comes down to those two things, or or you borrow the money. Yeah. And uh, in Argentina, n- no way this is going to happen in the UK, especially with the Tories in power. But back in December, um, there was a um, there was a one-off levy passed on the uh, on the richest twelve thousand people. So those who had assets of about two million quid and above, they need to pay three and a half percent maximum, three and a half percent maximum on their assets to pay for the pandemic. Wow right? That's on 12,000 people. And I was half expecting, half expecting the chancellor to increase, to, to put in another tax threshold, right, super rich tax threshold, tweak it up a percent or two to give the impression that they're paying their fair share. Oh, look, I'm a progressive chancellor. Labor didn't think about this. You know, it looks good, but also it could probably raise quite a substantial amount of money.
1: Probably because that would have meant he had to pay more tax as well.
0: Well, (laughs) I mean, maybe, maybe maybe. it would certainly alienate people who he's who he's going to be hoping to to bankroll him when he when he runs to be PM. Well, when he runs to be leader and then when he runs to be PM. So I think that was a massive missed opportunity. And I know that sort of taxing isn't great if you want to stimulate economy An economy i was just surprised that sin taxes didn't go up so sin taxes are things on the taxes on products that the governments don't particularly approve of necessarily, yeah. like alcohol and tobacco and whatever
1: well there's there's huge pressure from backbenches for in the tory party not to touch those things isn't there um
0: yeah yeah, yeah. because because then if you increase duty on beer Then everyone down Witherspoons is going to be slagging you off when everyone goes back to the pub in summer. Yeah, you know, it seems quite cynical to me that like, oh, this will this will be enough to to keep the working class areas. Do you know what I mean? Whilst behind the scenes, there's there's been nothing about bringing back in shore start centres, which in the long run save a fortune save a fortune there was nothing in there given again i know we mentioned it last last episode that we're hosting the cop this year but yeah aside from that green investment bank which is a rehash of an old policy it's a good idea yeah but there was nothing in there about government funding and the idea of using bonds 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 are great like bonds work but Mm. they're not a complete substitute for sufficient government funding It's sort of a stopgap really. It's like, okay, so we're not gonna, we're not gonna raise taxes enough to increase, to be able to increase our spending and we haven't really got the money to increase our spending, but we're gonna rely on bonds to do it. Then you're in sketchy water hmm. because what happens if people don't invest or businesses don't invest? Well, then you've got a massive black hole in your, in your promises but yeah. it's not your fault because it was down to the private investors.
1: Yeah, and I think um, we're here analyzing it and naturally when you analyze stuff, you, you, you tend to be more critical than positive. But fair play, he's, rolling out furlough that that's good and that takes guts to do especially for a conservative chancellor so you do have to give credit where credit's due because i'm sure there would be previous governments under this under the circumstances we're in that would have well thatcher and that perhaps wouldn't have been as as kind yeah there's there's a lot of gaps and perhaps a bit of kicking the can down the road and perhaps the signature or what seems to be becoming the signature of Boris Johnson government that lots of shiny headlines, lots of Mm -hmm. grand ideas, but no strategy or substance to actually see those things through. For me, you can take furlough as an example of that. Great extending it helping the economy bounce back but what do you do when furlough ends what's the strategy then how are you getting people back into jobs that are going to lose their jobs or have lost their jobs you know a bit more forward thinking is needed in my view Adam you um saw Keir Starmer's response I haven't seen that what what was it like
0: it's very very good it's Ah. very very good And, and I I think he's a PM in the making already Um, The people who need the most convincing are ex-Labour members who left in this drop. And I don't think they will watch it, which is a shame because he dismantles Rishi Sunak, really. You can see that he was a courtroom barrister in how he comes across. He's got his glasses on. It's a bit like Ooh. it's a bit like a telling off from when you're in primary school and your head teacher tells you off. <laughs> One thing that was really nice actually is that is that often in these exchanges you end up with the MPs sort of jeering and, you know, waving their papers and just going rrr, rrr, on both sides. And it becomes a farce. But without this cacophony of noise around, you can actually have a proper tearing apart of the government, Well, you know, and a, and a proper rebuttal if there is one, which there wasn't really, without playing to the crowd. So it was, it was really good. He was the one who who made me realise, oh, yeah, there's nothing in there about health, really, nothing. Mm. Um, w- one of the things I was, I mean, I'm not surprised he didn't bring it up because it's not necessarily a um, a priority at the moment in terms of UK government policy. But one of the things that I was sort of expecting as you know like one of those little those little policies that make a huge difference but they're never sexy yeah was uh there's there's a vaccine for malaria now being tried out which is groundbreaking it's it's the biggest killer it's it's massive and i was half expecting him to say right as part of the Covax scheme where we're going to be giving surplus vaccines to to other countries, countries who haven't got the economic means to compete on the marketplace. like We have to put our orders in first. Using the same distribution system, we're also going to seriously invest a, a significant proportion of our foreign aid budget into also distributing at the same time or shortly afterwards this uh, malaria vaccine as well, um, because it's sort of been forgotten about in the news. And I thought, do you know what? That would have been a really nice policy to to put in that could save loads of lives. I know it's not saving lives in the UK, but it would make use of this huge supply chain that's going to have to be put in place. And I think it was a bit of a missed opportunity, really. He's not going to lose any votes over it. Don't get me wrong, but I think it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have done any harm at the same time. Um, I would have liked to see, yeah, some more about health education, some more about research. Um, in there as well sort of research and development the UK's a leader and he, he really needs to, to run with that there was nothing in there about university you know uh, nothing you've, you've got hundreds of thousands of students who have not been able to attend lectures and whatever there was I'm surprised there wasn't anything about you know there's going to be a rebate or whatever to students or a student loan holiday nothing nothing about that at all um, and so I think it was a very cautious budget because he didn't want to make enemies. Um, as soon as he touches the NHS, the gloves are off, kind of thing. Um, so I think he he did what he had to do to keep his popularity very very high. Um, but you know, this is the guy who was was out in Wagamama's serving tables. Um, <laughs> you know, it's 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 bonkers, but. Yeah, there we go. I, I'm I'm a bit surprised that the right-leaning press have gone for him over tax rises the way that, the way that they have, because it was always going to happen, wasn't it?
1: Mm. It was always going to happen. I, I believe I predicted it on a previous podcast that this is exactly what the right-wing press would do. Um, yeah, yeah. I think it'll get worse as well as uh, future budgets come out.
0: We could go into that in, in more detail, but. Uh, there's something that I really want to talk about as well, which is stateside. You'll never guess who's making a comeback, Kieran.
1: Um, is it Eminem? Yes, he's back. Back again.
0: Um, unfortunately, it's not Eminem. No, it is. Um, it's the Donald. Um, no. Yeah, yeah. He, he gave a... Uh, have you seen his one and a half hour rambling speech at CPAC?
1: i've seen i i couldn't so i um i couldn't bear to put myself through an hour and a half of it so i've not seen the whole thing i have seen listened to snippets of it um my favorite line that i heard is that uh who knows? Maybe we'll beat them for a third time. <laughs> oh, he's so salty, isn't he?
0: He's is so salty. He hasn't got over it. He'll never get over it. Incredible. Have you seen that film? It's um, a rom-com called, like, He's Just Not That Into You or something like that. And you want to be like, Donald, maybe they're just not that into you. Maybe America's just not that into you, mate. They just, you're not, you're not everyone's cup of tea. Um, I I think you could have boiled down his... Is one and a half, one and a half hour excruciating to watch as a not a US Republican. Um, but I did it for you, dear listeners. Um, and also did it because I'm still waiting to be to have permission to work. Uh, in fact, <laughs> uh so I had nothing better to do. Um, but the uh, oh god, we could go in about this. Pains of the Spanish immigration system. Thanks Brexit. Another time. Um, <laughs> thanks. Thanks family members who voted for Brexit. Thanks Boris for not making a deal on free movement. <laughs> it's brilliant. That sounds um, like the
1: Adam Radford special that one.
0: Oh my God, we could go into that. Obviously, individual voters didn't know didn't know that there wasn't going to be this deal. They were sold. We'll go into that another time. um because <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to explode. But yeah, it could have been boiled down to. um Joe Biden is going to be the worst president in history. We won the election. I'm not going to create a new party, which was interesting, but also sensible from his point of view. Because yeah. the most. Yeah. Yeah. It's a shame. Yeah. It's, it's like, has your son ever done anything where you think, I didn't know you were capable of
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> On a daily basis. Yeah.
0: But in like a really, in like a really impressive way.
1: Uh, Yeah, you know what always amazes me when he comes home from nursery, actually, and I obviously spends a lot of day interacting there and uh, Mm. with special teachers as well and learning things. So whenever I pick him up, he always seems to, in the last couple of months, just really like talk in sentences and, and converse and you're like, oh my God, you're amazing. You're like two and a half and you're putting sentences together and telling me what you did today. Wow yeah that's that's true true. yeah so that
0: now i i'm not a dad right but the way you describe that feeling there is kind of how
1: you feel when donald trump puts a sentence together
0: (laughs) yeah but not in like a proud way as in a oh god you you might know one or two things that you're talking about you might actually understand because when he said like we don't want to create a new party because we'll split the vote Mm. and i stopped and i thought order he he gets it he gets mm. this this one tiny modicum of of the whole argument, but he's so bitter, he's so salty, and he's adamant that they won it. And everyone was everyone was cheering. Of course, they're going to be at a conference. Something crazy like seventy percent of Trump voters that were polled recently thought that the election was stolen from them. You know, which is which is tens of millions of That's voters. Great. Yeah, it's it's mad, isn't it?
1: Oh, I don't know. It's a long time away, isn't it? It's th- Four years away, but after the capital riots, has he just disengaged too many Americans to believe in him now that will just not vote for him again? You know how can you mm. come, how can you come back from that? And you know you look at the polling around that, and there's a fairly large chunk of people, including Republican, large chunk of Republican supporters, who believe what Donald Trump did led to the the riots so how they could then vote for him again if he was the candidate i just don't know how he increases his fan base and his party given what happened
0: this is a guy this is i know what you're saying and i agree and i think a a lot of other a lot of other politicians will be toast in a lot of other countries it's like well that's it you you were impeached for a, a second time go you record and your supporters, your fanatical supporters, stormed the U.S. Capitol building. And you as president, you as president stood back and didn't say anything for hours and actually spoke about going down. You know, we're going to march down and so on, just like we spoke about in one of the earlier episodes. The thing is, Alex mentioned about how many votes Trump put on. And obviously this was before the Capitol riots. But this is the guy who said, you know, grab oh, the, and then he won the U.S. election. And crucially, he, he he could say things like that and still win the evangelical Christian vote. Um, that came out and voted like ninety percent for Trump. The white evangelical vote. I I don't know what he has to do or say to alienate uh, millions of his supporters. Mm. I think the other side has to sort of has to first off show that they're not socialists and communists. Which Donald Trump it was another thing that Donald Trump was saying that they they're communists. They're going to first off take us to socialism and then to communism and you think god you joe biden clearly is being dragged kicking and screw like he he didn't introduce this 15 dollar minimum wage like he's he's not a communist how many <laughs> what do you want but people people believe it
1: yeah it's just mad isn't it the, that he just says it and people believe it has any american democratic administration been close to socialism no never never happened and it won't hide it
0: and you you take the us democrat party and you put it anywhere 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 in the world
1: and it's a center right party yeah yeah
0: yeah you know it's 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 absolutely how skewed the overton window is in in the states um but yeah go on mate
1: do you think he can get the ticket again for the Republicans?
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see why not. He has an extremely vocal, fanatical fan base um, that will be willing to to phone bank and knock on doors and volunteer, you know, do, do all those things for him. At the end of the day, it's it's the members, isn't it? It's the, It's the registered voters, rather, that vote on who's going to be the next presidential candidate. Mm. that's what it boils down to you know at the town halls up and down up and down the country and the caucuses and so on. that they're going to decide i think if if it was up to the u.s representatives if it was a bit like how the tories do it which is where the part i think it's where the parliamentary party has to whittle it down first yeah and and then it goes to members for the final two
1: yeah i think so i'm not we need alex for this don't we
0: (laughs) alex yeah, Alex, Alex knows all this stuff, but I think that's how it. Anyway, but but basically, you can get nipped in the bud if you, if you don't have the support from from many people. Like a lot, like Labour have a, a minimal signatures thing. Like Jeremy Corbyn almost didn't get on. Remember, um, thanks Margaret Beckett for sorting that one out. If that was the case, I don't think he would have as easy a ride. Mm-hmm. I think the best thing that we can hope for, and this is horrible saying it, but I think the best thing we can hope for is Mike Pence throws his hat in the ring
1: maybe yeah. yeah and
0: and he is by all accounts an extremely regressive uh, very religious rights potential president but he's not as Order! as trump like he at least he's more level-headed like, well yeah
1: you know he stepped away when the riots happened didn't he you know he 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 had some sense he went yeah. to the inauguration you know yeah yeah but exactly he respects yeah. democracy
0: yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. I think it's like he's somebody who with whom we we would disagree with about pretty much everything, but at least he respects democracy and respects the process. Uh, respects the process. Could he come out? Could he have come out and said, you know, and denounced the president? I don't know what the protocol for that is. I think it's a shame that he didn't come out and say, you know there's no evidence of voter fraud or whatever i think that could be it because he he would presumably win over an awful lot of the evangelical vote straight away which is a huge block within the us and also within the republican party because he's been deeply religious an awful lot longer than trump has trump managed to miraculously find religion all of a sudden when he needed it he's got a really strong pro life record he's got a really strong pro pro gun rights record you know he's he ticks all the boxes pence for mm. for the republicans for the party old guard He's not somebody who was impeached for two times, once for potentially inciting a riot, you know. So I think he's a safer pair of hands for them. That's that's what I think will happen. I think Pence will throw his hat into the ring. But I won't be, I if, if Pence gets elected president, I won't be uh, breathing a sigh of relief, I'll put it like that.
1: Yeah. I know we're only a month and a bit into the Biden administration, but it's interesting just looking at his approval ratings at the moment. They're pretty good. They're holding up, so, you know, highs of around plus 25, plus 29, um, lows plus three, plus seven. You know, so you look at an average of probably, I'd say, like about 15, between 12 and 15 positive approval rating, which is good. I know you... you you would kind of hope that was the case at the start, but yeah, it, and that'll be hard to maintain. But at least, you know, if he gets the vaccine rollout sorted and looks after COVID properly, that that should be a good win for him to to free up the country and and get the economy rolling there as well. So yeah, it's it's interesting, and that'll definitely be one to. And it's been quiet over here from the. I found, I don't know what it's been like in Spain, but in this country where there's not been much on America in the news at all, which after the last four years, to be honest, is quite nice because it was never great to see what was coming out. So, yeah, I just hope that that can be maintained. I hope he can. I hope he just utilizes the fact that he's got the balance of power to get some real stuff done with particularly climate change
0: there's not there's not been loads of coverage here i feel like that's probably a good thing because i was a bit kind of Americaed out on the news and also the 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 channel that we watch here is um yeah channel six news which i've spoken about before is like a a left-leaning public broadcaster but during the you know how there was that there was like a week delay between the polls closing and getting a definitive results in the u.s election yeah they had rolling news for twenty four hours a day, and in the background they had the same the same track playing. This music is like epic Lord <laughs> of the Rings horns, honestly. But it was like the same fifteen seconds for twenty four hours a day for a week. And I didn't sit down there and watch it for twenty four hours a day for a week. But I was I was watching it, you know, at, at lunchtime and in the mornings, you know, I having my coffee and so on. And I was going, I was getting sick of it. God knows what the what the what the guy anchoring it was doing and i was just like do you know what i'm ready now america you can go off america and do your own thing for a while without me knowing about it so the courage hasn't been great alex when you listen to this we've we've missed your insight and we've missed your your knowledge of every general election since forever and in-depth knowledge of us i feel like
1: we might have accidentally given some fake news because alex isn't here (laughs) you know what i mean it's just more reassuring when alex is here because you know he'll he'll know if we've said something wrong
0: (laughs) yeah like alex alex is the most in terms of like actual qualifications alex is the most qualified out of us to talk about politics and in terms of his experience and who he's worked for in the past and things like that yeah he's um He's a, he's a bright guy, but Alex, we need you back when you've, when you've finished moving moving house. But it's all very exciting. Cool, mate. Well, okay. So, Kieran, just before
1: we go, can you just do our usual social media begging bowl? Leave uh, any comments. Give us a like on our social media, Facebook and Twitter, at Centrist Dads. Or um, if you've listened to us through whatever podcasting medium you you listen to, please could you uh just leave a review ideally five out of five but only, only five oh, only... <laughs> sorry what was that subliminal word. um uh, only if you think we're worthy of that hopefully we are uh, and leave a review as well let us know what you thought just say you you know what you're talking about or say you guys are idiots you know, we we can take it. So yeah, that that's that's just my final uh thought. Yeah, if you think we're idiots, let us know.
0: Oh, there is that's that's opening a Pandora's box. Well. That's so <laughs> I think I'm an idiot. So somebody who's like a massive lever or big fan of Corbyn despite the biggest electoral defeat in living memory, I, I don't stand a chance, mate. I don't stand a chance. Yeah, but we'll uh, we'll leave we'll leave it there. So it's goodbye from me in sunny, sunny, sunny Spain and it's goodbye from Kieran in Sambach.
1: Not so sunny in Sambach. Goodbye.